The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is it time for you to live healthier? If you are looking to eat better, exercise more effectively, and incorporate fitness and health into your daily activities and hobbies, this is the show for you. Welcome to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. Dietrich has two decades of sports and fitness coaching experience, and he's here to tell you how it can be easy with less injury, time, money, and travel necessary. Now, here is your host, Dietrich Wright. Greetings. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Uh, I must say I missed our conversation, our discussion we would have been able to have last week. Unfortunately, situations were out of our control, but we're back on track and we have the show back going today. I hope you really enjoy today's episode. It's a, a topic of which I don't think really gets pretty much discussed in our society, but I think it's very prevalent in exercise, fitness, sports, and life in general. At times, our society has been faced with a merge between social injustices and political rights, and this allows us to look within ourselves and gain awareness of the inequalities we have regarding race, gender, or religion. We are aware of a lot of the historic images or icons like Jackie Robinson being the first black man called up to play in Major League Baseball. You know, Jesse Owens dominating the Berlin, excuse me, the Berlin Olympic Games. Or, you know, Billie Jean King, a dominant tennis player. However, these individuals and their success they had, they occurred by their desire and their drive. It was not an act of our government to aid them to achieve the things they have done. And so there has been this period in our time where there's been a lack of opportunity given to a large portion of our society, 51% in fact, that was not allowed to participate in competitive sports and intercollegially minimizing their opportunities on a professional level as well. And so... That's where we're going today. This topic being, let them play just the same. You know, when I just discussed with you and talked about, there hasn't been a lot of times where our government, our government and our say politics and sports have merged. These are some moments where this actually have occurred. I'll give you an example of Major League Baseball and its stairway prevalence back in 2005. NCAA football and the bowl championship series in 2009. During the 1990s, mixed martial arts was banned from more than 40 states. Congressional, excuse me, congressional hearings with the NFL and the concussions in 2009. But we're going to go and talk about a period in time, 1972 to be exact where our Congress 
enacted and it was signed into law by President Richard Nixon, Title IX. Out of all the other points of what I just said regarding when our government has interceded in sports, don't get me wrong, I understand the understanding the health issues and concerns there is in concussions in sports. But to me, Title IX is my per, my own personal opinion and professionally one of the most significant laws passed by Congress relating to sports. So I'm going to break down and please bear with me. And there's a lot of history we got to sit and discuss here and try to get through as fast as I can. Title IX prohibits the federally funded edu- educational institutes from discriminating against students or employees based on sex. Prior to Title IX, activities for women were recreational rather than sports-specific in nature. They were non-competitive, informal, ruralist, and they emphasized physical activity rather than competition. In fact, in sports history, one of the first competitive games known of distinction occurred in 1896 for female competitive athletes between the University of California at Berkeley versus Stanford. Prior to that, historians did not keep track of competitive sports for women simply because they didn't recognize it. In 1979, the Department of Education is established and giving oversight over Title IX through the Office of Civil Rights. You have a situation where you look at, when you talk back to 1979, we're going to break today down into the period of looking at the generations before Title IX was passed and the generations post the passage of Title IX. Some important dates that occurred, and as most things, anytime there was an, an a law being enacted in our country. There has always been some modifications or adjustments made, and it hasn't always been streamlined perfectly. In fact, in 1988, the Civil Restoration Act is enacted into law to over veto the President Reagan, excuse me, President Reagan's administration, restoring Title IX institutionally wide coverage. So back in 1984, there was the case of Grove City where they actually sought and, and made it a point of emphasis that that was some sort of discrimination. So they appealed portions of Title IX. When we look at Title IX, and when I look at it, Title IX, where I see significance in this is with my clients, when I am training my clients, and I have a female client that is pre-Title IX, there are moments where it's as if I'm asking them to do something with a verbal cue. They just don't quite understand what it is I'm saying to them. That verbal cueing a lot of times is given when there's an opportunity or accessibility 
if someone has this history of these accessibilities or opportunities, I should say, where my, a great deal of my female clients prior to Title IX didn't have those opportunities. I'm going to read to you a, a testimony shared by one of my clients. I was born in 1957, and I grew up playing outside a lot and running around, but I didn't participate in any organized sports other than gym class. And the opportunity to play in, in excuse me, intramural sports was there. But neither did my brothers or myself have much availability to play part in competitive activities. In high school, there were girls sports, but being a cheerleader was cooler. I only played a little volleyball and slugged through gym. If I had a girl, I'm sure she would have played soccer and been encouraged to try cross country and track. She would have had the full sampling I only discovered when I was older, in my 30s. The good news is, as I became active, I didn't sustain any injuries or have any weight issues that I know some female runners may become prone to. Another story that a client of mine had shared was the fact that as a young girl, she had an unfortunate situation where she had a stroke which impeded her physical development at the age of eight. She as well was also pre-Title IX passages as well. She never was given the opportunity because of her physical limitations to gain any strength means to challenge herself on a harder level as most kids were when she was younger. So a lot of the limitations in her movements became such to the point where I had to create such a routine that she was able to understand literally her right side from her left side. These lack of opportunities that we have growing up, in this case, female athletes being able to or not being able to have the opportunity and accessibility to compete competitively, they miss those training that you have and skills that as coaches we drill over and over and over again. That lack of opportunity, when it comes back to you as you're older in life, when someone is speaking to you, and in this case me being a trainer to them, asking them to squeeze this muscle or move it in this manner, they quite can't understand that. It's almost as if we're speaking a different dialect. So accessibility and opportunities, or the lack thereof, has had an impact on how Many of us can or cannot move. A simple law being passed, as may be considered simple, but I don't see it as simple, a significant law, I should say, being passed, which is Title IX, had at least given women, girls, opportunities they did not once have to the equivalent of their counterparts. Generationally looking, there is a huge difference in how females post nine, Title IX passage 
actually exercise. You have the advent of you're seeing different means of how exercise classes are for those who grew up prior to Title IX and so for those who are post-Title IX. We're going to look at understanding these generational differences so we can see how there have been progress made with our activities, but there's still a lot that needs to be done when we're talking about the gender differences we have on the opportunities that our women have had in this country in relation to competitive sports. And there's still a huge disparity difference and it's no different than what we see in our society to the value of how much a woman makes compared to her male counterpart in that same position. If at any point that anything we're sitting here discussing here interests of you and you want to partake in the show, please give me a call. The number here is 1-866-472-5792 or you can email me at dietrich at drightchoices.com. We're going to take another uh, break right now. We're going to come back. You're listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. We'd love for you to participate in today's program. Call in now to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dietrich at drightchoices.com. Now, back to the show. 
and thank you for listening to Right Choices on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Before we took our segment break, I was discussing with you, we were going to discuss the understanding of our generational differences pre and post Title IX. So the two generations we're discussing and talking about is Baby Boomers and Generation X. Baby Boomers were born between the periods of 1946 to 1964. Some of the characteristics of understanding of Baby Boomers, this is some the the research is out there. The mindset is they were ones of save the world revolutionaries. Optimistic, driven, team-oriented. They were from the rock and roll music generation. Ushers of the free love and societal nonviolent protesters. The first TV generation. And at a point of time, they were by far the largest generation in history with 77 million people. Now, my generation, Generation X, were born between the periods of 1965 and 1980. We are considered or called the latchkey kids. Street smart, but isolated. Entrepreneurial, very individualistic. We want to save the neighborhood, but not the world. We're from the period of MTV generation. And we're roughly about a population of 65.8 million people. Like before the segment break, I was sitting there talking about there are generational differences in relation to exercise movements. For baby boomers, like I spoke of, accessibility for competitive sports were far less. And when we partake in sports, drills that coaches give, we give, are taught and practiced repeatedly to gain that ability to perform, excuse me, that specific skill for that specific position you are playing. When you don't have that pattern or you're not used to that uh, uh, understanding what that pattern is like, like I spoke of, cueing you to move just by words is very difficult. So as a trainer, what I have to do sometimes is I have to switch modes and realize I can't use my words. I actually got to manually show them myself or I may have to just slightly position them in a certain manner to get to them to fill a certain muscle perhaps or to understand what I mean by abducting your arm or rotating your torso. Some differences also what I was talking about before the break was talking about how there's a difference between how group exercises classes were done. I mean, generate boom, excuse me, baby boomers were more from the period of step aerobics with moderate to high intensity activity. Now, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about Generation X. Generation X periods were competitive sports was incorporated through edu- educational institutions from middle school through intercollegiate levels. There were a prevalence of youth sport leagues through local communities for multiple competitive sports for girls. 
the concept of movement skills is easily or more understood through the verbal cueing. And when we look at the group exercise classes, it swung from moderate to high intensity to group exercise classes that are what we call HIT, like we spoke of before, high intensity interval training classes. No longer you see more as much as the step aerobics, but you're seeing and hearing more about like CrossFit, Soul Cycle, and Orange Theory. It's important to understand when we see that 1972 is not that long ago. And there's that time period where we're saying that we have had a difference in how we are fitness-wise in our nation. The ability to have a physical education class post-Title IX incorporated more sports and a competitive point of view in, in schools and out of schools. So most of the sports or the sports opportunities for our baby boomers were not there. They were more based on intramural activities, not the extramural activities, emphasizing more recreational play rather than competitive drive or competition within itself. And when we look at that, there's a carryover to how there's a lack of opportunity between gender for our competitive professional athletes. We're going to talk about like two major international Olympics sports that we have that's very popular. Basketball and soccer. Now, we're talking about on an international level. I'm going to speak more so initially about, let's say, Olympic sports. <clears throat> so basketball was implemented as an Olympic sport in 1936. However, basketball was not implemented for females until... 1976. 40 years between when it was enacted or implemented into the Olympic Games between men and women. The National Basketball Association was founded in 1949. Now we're going to go professionally, not on an international level. We're going to talk about locally or professionally. The NBA was founded in 1949 between the merger of two leagues, the Basketball Association of America and the National Basketball League. Again, that was 1949. The WNBA was founded in 1996. Now, I'm going to come back to the Olympic or international level. We're going to talk about, we're talking about here, the understanding and seeing the difference between the accessibility opportunities given to men and the difference between the opportunities and accessibility that we had in these two sports for women. 
since 1936 when basketball was first implemented in the Olympic Games that we talked about, our U.S. men have medaled in the following. They have 15 gold medals, one silver, and two bronze. Our women's basketball squad, and this is since 1976, have eight gold medals, one silver, and one bronze. So prior to 1996, when the WNBA was formed, a female basketball player post her intercollegiate years had to, if she wanted to continue playing professionally, had to travel overseas to play professionally. When we look at the difference between the revenue being made between a male and a female in the game of basketball, it's not even close in comparison. But we're going to dive in that a little bit later in this next segment. What we're going to talk about now is if we look at soccer, which is one of the most popular sports worldwide by far. Soccer was first excuse me, included, or I should say it was included, since the beginning of the summer games. And there's only two period of times where men did not play soccer. And that was in 1892 and 1932 games. There was not soccer for our women to be played competitively in Olympics until 1996. Since, not since 1996. That was the first time that it was able to play at an international Olympic level. When we look at the success, or we're going to talk about a lot of ways, when we talk about success, if we were measuring a men's national team in soccer and a women's national team, amount of medals achieved by our men is none, zero. Our women's national soccer team have achieved four gold medals and one silver medal in only five Summer Olympic Games. And yet there's this lack of opportunity that was given for our female soccer players to be played because it wasn't first started until 1996 for them. And then since the onset of the Summer Olympic Games, men have been playing soccer on the Olympic international level. Again, it's a matter of understanding there's a lack of opportunity being given when in relation to exercise and sports, showing the differences between men and women in this nation. So it goes back to, like I said in the initial intro, this is why I see that Title IX is truly significant and pointing out the inequalities we have when it comes to relation to sports and our fitness. This is not about politics. This is simply showing there's inequalities like I'm discussing to you. 
And there's going to be a carryover from the standpoint of understanding that we have to discuss and talk about in this next segment the difference in the compensation and the popularity in these sports. You're listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. We'd love for you to participate in today's program. Call in now to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dietrich at drightchoices.com. Now, back to the show. Greetings. You're listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Um, as we've been discussing in the previous segments, we're going to continue on that topic of the gender inequality we have with our professional athletes, and particularly mainly discussing, I'm only talking about two sports here, basketball and soccer. When I look at the fact that I, for years, almost 13 years, I coached soccer, and I started coaching my daughter's teams and her sports before anything. I ever got involved with my son, in fact. And I saw how engaging it was working with young ladies and coaching them the game of soccer and watching them physically move fluently in the game of soccer. Uh, at the same time, I was also started coaching my son's team as well. And just 
the enjoyment of seeing there was no difference between the game and how it was being played between the boys and the girls. Even on a professional level, when we look at it, they operate off the same size field. They op- they utilize the same goals. But when we look at our women's national team versus a men's national team, hands down, our women's national team has been by far more successful than our men. Our women have won three World Cups. I just spoke to you about the fact that our women's national soccer team has four gold medals and only one silver and five opportunities of playing the game on an Olympic level. Our men has had a national soccer team since the onset of the Summer Olympic Games. And yet, with that higher prevalence of success in the game of soccer for our women's national team, they are making far less than their male counterparts. And in fact, in 2016, just last year, women uh, from our national team filed a federal complaint discussing the disparities between how much difference there is between their compensation versus the men. I mean, it's almost a difference of four times the amount they're being paid compared to their male counterparts. Now, let's, let's look at the professional teams that have been developed or the professional leagues have been developed in the game of soccer here in our nation. In 1993, Major League Soccer was formed. And in 2009, we actually had our women's Major League Soccer League was developed. And that was riding off the coattail of, again, the success that our women's national team actually had at the Olympics. The women's Major League Soccer League only lasted at that time for three seasons, folded in 2012. MLS, our men's league, is still running strong since, as I spoke, since 93. In 2012, when the MLS or women's MLS was folded, the Women's National Soccer League was founded with 10 teams. There are... 10 teams in the National League for the Women. There's 22 teams in MLS. Our women national team soccer, in particular soccer players, like I say, have had a greater success on an even broader international level. But they don't have the same compensation when it comes to our male counterparts. And, you know, this can go on to how we look at when just in a society, a woman makes 79 cents to the dollar of a male counterpart. Like I stated in the beginning of the intro, 
there is a point in time where I believe truly sports shows our society under a microscope. We have two popular sports where we're discussing, talking about basketball and soccer. And we're talking about the success of one being far greater for our women's soccer team than we're talking about our men's soccer team. Yet and still, funding lines, compensating our players and the strength financially of the men's Major League Soccer League versus Women's National Soccer League is completely different. If you, if you, if you look at the fact that a great portion of our youth start off playing soccer. And soccer is a great sport to start off with because it teaches eye and foot coordination, but it's also working on other principles as well. You're running, you're jogging, you're moving. Um, you're working on teamwork. You're working on goals and you're competing. I don't see this as a coincidence that the fact that Again, mostly our national soccer team is now Generation X or, or even younger and millennials. That you see the opportunity given to our women's squad to compete at an earlier age with more opportunities has shown that they can be as competitive in the same sport as the male counterpart. Again, as I stated, they play on the same size field. Use the same size ball, same net, and you look at the history, uh, you know, historically or stat-wise, there's more goals scored by our our women's squad. They have more consecutive wins than our women's uh, with our women's squad. They are ranked higher internationally than our men's squad because they were given that opportunity post title nine to compete competition is important not just in the realm of sports but also it teaches you how to compete in life i tell my athletes all the time the game of football is just that it is a game it's the life lessons you learn through practice and in teamwork having an accountability responsibility to achieve something together, but you're competing at a high level, encouraging one another, but you're giving that opportunity to compete. So opportunities is very important. So starting our youth young, whether boy or girl, is important. And they have that opportunity now. They have that accessibility, but that was not always the case. And you can see probably no difference if you take it away from sports. If we would say, okay, look at it in the workforce. If a, a female is not giving that same opportunity to be an engineer, if a female, and this is my former veteran talking to me, is not giving the same opportunity to lift that gun and defend her country, no difference than a man can, how do we know unless we give them the opportunity? Opportunities 
in life, opportunities, and sports coincide. When given a chance to compete, people will rise and elevate their game. They will show their grit. They will show their strength. And it's not because they are a man or they are a woman, because they are who they are. They are, they are doing what they love and enjoy, and that's to play the game. In this case, we're talking about soccer and basketball. But those opportunities are there, and so therefore we are seeing the success that our women's national team is having. But yet, they don't have the same opportunities to make the same financially as the male counterpart in the same sport they play. And like I said, that's no different. You probably see a female engineer getting paid less than a male engineer doing the exact same job, working probably for the same company. These inequalities still exist. And even though we pass laws like Title IX or laws in regards to compensations and and paying individuals equally, regardless of race or gender or sex, sex ident- or sexual orientation, I should say, excuse me. Those things are important to talk about. And in fact, when we come back, we're going to discuss and talk about, in the next segment, we're going to talk about how, why do we identify someone by their sex when we sit there and say how great they are? Why do we compare and discuss and talk about, well, in their time, they were this, Or if she was a man, she wouldn't be able to do this. We would never know that without the opportunity to be given. And so those are mute points. When I see greatness, I see greatness for what it is, regardless if they're a male or a female. Andy Wambach was a great soccer player. Notice I didn't say female soccer player. I said a great soccer player. One of our national team's greatest scorers of all time. Again, I didn't distinguish her sex. I'm simply going by her stats. Again, our women's national soccer team by far has a higher winning percentage. They are the better soccer team. When you look at the opportunities they have compared to the male counterpoint, they're the better soccer team. And I'm not saying that they're better players because we don't know this because they don't have the opportunity to play each other. Just look at what it is and appreciate what you see with your eyes and recognize what that is. We're going to take another commercial break. We're going to come back. You're listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Right Choices with Dietrich Wright. We'd love for you to participate in today's program. Call in now to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dietrich at drightchoices.com. Now, back to the show. Again, greetings. You're listening to Right Choices. This is Dietrich Wright, close to the show. We're going to continue summarizing on what we discussed today. And I want to continue to, talking about the disparities we have between how we look at females and men in relation to opportunities given to compete, whether that is in sports or the opportunities are given and how that carries over to our society as a whole. Um, as I stated, sports truly is a microcosm of our society. I was talking about the differences in how our men and women national soccer team or professional teams get paid. And I'll give you the exact numbers so you understand. In soccer, MLS players earn, on average, $317,000. While our ladies in the National League, they earn four times less than they do. You know, we are talking about 54 years ago, we had the passing of the Equal Pay Act, and we still have women in our society earning 79 cents to the dollar of a man. I just sit and talked about in our society, the correlation, and then professional sports in particular, our professional soccer teams, women earning four times less than their male counterparts. When we look at Title IX 
or prior to Title IX, opportunity and accessibility for women to compete or girls to compete was far less than men. The emphasis was placed more on intramural or recreational, no rules giving kind of activities. When we look at discussions we have, when we were talking about greatness, there's always this talk about, well, this person was the greatest of his time. This woman was the greatest of this time. For example, I've heard a conversation by John McEnroe talking and stating how he views and sees Serena Williams as a good female tennis player. So I was curious when I heard that conversation. I want to look up and see exactly how Serena Williams as the quote, quote, female tennis player is in relation to what we call quote, quote, great male single tennis players. You really got Serena Williams compared to Roger Federer. Roger Federer has 19 single championships. Serena has 22 or 23. So why can't we stop looking with our blinders and see an athlete and we have to sit and delineate the difference between either they are a woman or a man or even the skin color as well? Why can't we just appreciate the fact that that individual is successful because they were given the opportunity to compete and to drive because they had a passion and desire to be great at what it is they are doing. Why is it when we were discussing and talking about against the difference in gender as well, you know, when a woman is competitive, it's it's side as a negative connotation. But if a man is competitive, he is strong. When I raise my kids, they're two different individuals so as a whole. Of course, as you parents know, you raise them differently because of the individuals they are. I didn't raise them differently because I had a boy and a girl. I just spoke to you about I had both of my kids playing sports. I coached both of my kids' teams. I don't treat my daughter any less as far as getting her to understand and taught her how to change a tire. I didn't treat my son no differently um, than my, to the point, point of him not knowing how to cook or clean. Because I saw them as my child, a child that needed to be guided and coached and parented how to become an individual regardless of their sex. And we ha- as well have to recognize these things in sports or in our society as well. Stop seeing the individual for the color of their skin or the race that they partake of, excuse me, their religion they want to praise to or not, or the gender that they are. Respectfully, our women's basketball team and our women's soccer team are great because they compete at a high level. There's no crossover to be able to sit there and say, we're going to have a men's national soccer team and a women's national soccer team to play each other to really find out who will be better. And that doesn't even matter to me because I don't really care. That's my personal opinion or my professional opinion. 
because physically our bodies are different. But when you look at the game itself and realize and see the success, don't you believe that we should reward those for their work? So if our women are competing and doing so well, why aren't they being compensated for it no differently? They train hard. They compete hard. They should be respected higher than what they are being given. When I train my women and men or my male and female clients, I don't train them any differently because they are male or they're female. I train them the same. Everyone does a push-up. Everyone does some form of a pull-up. Everyone does a deadlift. Everyone does a squat. These things are modified to them, not because they are the sex they are. They are modified to the personal level of what they can do. And that's the same in sports. We shouldn't minimize greatness because they are a woman as much as we shouldn't elevate greatness because he was a man. We have to realize, understand, there are going to be differences we have in relation to generational differences, gender differences, and there's definitely still monetary differences in how we are paid in our nation, regardless if it's in sports or is in your career or whatever your career is. But it requires us to actually, like I stated, remove our blinders and become aware and see what it is. Discuss it. I realized when I was breaking down the show today, there's no way in the world I can really fully dive in in one episode and talk about all these things. And so I, I know, discussing this with my producer, we're going to evolve this conversation a little bit further. Because in sports, there's other services within sports that still there's a huge disparity we have between men and women. The example which I'm referring to, coaching, officiating the sports, and journalists covering the sports. Again, there's lack of opportunity, lack of, of accessibility. So think about that and be on the lookout for an episode continuing this conversation in relation to that. And for those of you who have young kids, I hope you understand competition in sports carries over off the field or the court. It carries over into life as well. It's good to compete. It's good to earn things in life. I want to thank my engineer, Kevin, and my producer, D. Daniels. You have been listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please follow me on Facebook at Right Choices at D Right Appeal. My email again is Dietrich at DRightChoices.com. And it's been a pleasure. Again, you were listening to Right Choices on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
Thank you for tuning in to Right Choices. Be sure to join Dietrich Wright again next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you here next week. Thank you.